discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Wow. Amazing. So I just want to share a few things with you. So I want to look at something from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 from verse 1. 1 Corinthians 16 from verse 1. It says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 3 once again in the Amplified. It says, And when I arrive, I will send on those whom you approve and authorize with credentials to carry your gifts of charity to Jerusalem. You know, at this particular point in time in this church, um, there was a great famine in Jerusalem, and the saints in Jerusalem needed help, needed financial help for many things to be done. And Paul spoke to the Corinthian church to gather something for them. Now, if you've noticed, he shows you, I mean, the whole week we've been talking about um, this conference, this we've been doing Cicero conferences the week began. Uh, we started last Sunday and then went on like that. And one of the main things we've, we've, we've mentioned to you is your preparation, isn't it? Your prepara- it's important that you prepare to give something to the Lord. Giving is, is a lifestyle, it's part of what we do as children of God. For God so loved the world that he, what? That he gave his only begotten son. So it's, it's a language of the Godhead. And Jesus also said that greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friend. So Jesus also loved so much he gave. He gave his life, isn't it? So if you are in love with the Lord, you also give to him, and you give for his cause. And that's why we are gathered here this morning. So it's important. Maybe you didn't prepare as, as much as you knew you could have. One of the things that came out um, during the week for many people, um, I had some text messages coming from some of our churches, some of our brethren, and they were saying they, they didn't prepare enough. How many of you feel you didn't prepare enough? Wow. But I'm here to encourage you that you can prepare some more for next year. Yeah, because it's a yearly thing. Every year we do it. It's our yearly sacrifice to the Lord. And next year, by this time, we'll be giving once again for many things to be done. Without, without this particular thing that we do, a lot of things will not be done. Okay, this is what gives us the ability to 
while we are sitting germinated in nine months, nine to ten months. Yes, it just came up in nine to ten months because we gave. We gave for it. You know, and like I've been saying to you, this is a fertile ground. When you give, it is used to do what you said, we said we will use it for. I know a pastor who collected money to uh, buy toilet seats for the church. And when he collected the money, the toilet seats never came. There were no toilet seats in the church after so many months. And everybody was wondering what was going on. And the people became, you know, some way, so much, so many problems came up. But in this place, when you give, what we say we'll use it for is what we'll use it for. Isn't it? So you can trust that as you're giving your offering, as you're giving your seed, it's going to be used for the work of the Lord. Nobody's going to use it to buy a car. I'm not going to use it to buy a car. Hey! Ask your neighbor, what do you think? I'm not going to buy a car with it. I'm going to go buy a house with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also blessed by my giving. I've also come to give. Yes, I'm also blessed by my giving. So it's, it's a lifestyle. It's something that God... Um, does and he is inviting all of us to be a part of it in order for his kingdom to be built. Jesus said in Matthew 16 18, um, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's look at it. 16 18, rather, sorry. King James. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. Now, how does Jesus build his church? Jesus builds his church with the people in the church. When you become born again, you become a member of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. I'm going to quote so many scriptures. I'm preaching just 20 minutes, but I'll, I'll share a lot of things with you, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into what? One body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be Greek, we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For one, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. What body is that? That body is the body of Christ. Go to verse 27. Same book, same chapter, verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So all of us are members of the body of Christ. It says we are members in particular. We are the body of Christ and we are members in particular. And the body of Christ is the church. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has, next verse, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Next verse. Then it says, which is his body? The church is his body. So when Jesus says, I will build my church, he's not talking about a fiscal structure. It goes beyond a fiscal structure. Building the church has to do with individuals, you and I. Hallelujah. But without the physical structure, the individuals will not, there is no hospital that has cured anybody. No hospital building has cured anybody. Has any hospital building, when you enter a hospital building, then you become fine. Is there anything like that? How about a school? Has any university educated anyone? There is no university building that has educated anyone. But the university bu- buildings are built in a university, and schools are built 
for the purpose of creating an ambience, an atmosphere for, the, for education to happen. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. So don't say, oh, what, the church is not the building. Yes, it's not the building. It's true. But without the building, you not get, we'll not get a place to sit in order to do the work of the ministry, which is work on you and work on your heart. I hope you understand. Uh-huh. So the church is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Hmm? Look at Colossians chapter 1. Let's read verse 17. Colossians 1, 17, to show you some more. He says, and he's before all things, and by him all things consist. And he's the head of the body, the church. Have you seen it? Jesus is the head of what? The body, which is the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So the church is the body of Christ. And if Jesus says, I'll build my church, what he's talking about is that he's going to use, it's the, it's the body of Christ that builds itself. So if you read in Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 11, he lets you know why he gave us pastors, apostles, prophets, and all of those people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he gives some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the purpose of perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We don't understand this. Let's read verse, verse 12 once again in the Amplified. His intention was the perfection and full equipping of the saints. So he gave us pastors, prophets, all those people in order to perfect the, perfect the saints and fully equip them, okay, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, which is the church. Have you seen it? So how does, he, how does Jesus build his church? Jesus builds his church with the people in the church, with the people in the body of Christ. He gave us pastors, evangelists, reverends, and all those people for the purpose of educating us, helping us grow, so that we will build the body of Christ. Now, one of the major ways of building the body of Christ is by sponsoring it with your money. Hallelujah. Without, without money, the thing will not go forward. It will not go as it's supposed to. Exodus 25. Let's look at it. From verse 1, Exodus 25, from verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. So the Lord was going to build a tabernacle in order to be able to dwell amongst his people. And he didn't come down to come and do it himself. Always remember that whatever God wants to accomplish in the earth, he uses men to accomplish it. Even when he wanted to do something on his own, he, he brought, he came as a man. Okay? If you don't come in here as a man, you are not qualified to be here. This is a world of men. And for you to exist here, you need to have the body of a man. That is why demons are interested in inhabiting people in order to be able to exist here. Hallelujah. Because if, you're, if spirits are not allowed here, this is the world of, of human beings. And if you are going to exist here, you need to be a human being in order to be here. That is why when Jesus was casting out the, demonia, out, out of the demoniac of Gadara, the, the legion, the legion that was in him, they said, don't take us out of this place. Do you see? They, 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 they knew that they were illegal. They were illegal. They, they, they are not supposed to be around. And they asked to be allowed to go into the pigs. Now, in Israel, you are not to rare pigs. So someone was doing bad business there. 
So when, when they requested to go into the place, Jesus did not hesitate. And nobody could arrest Jesus for what he did because it is illegal business. Hallelujah. So for, for God to do something, he always needs his people. He, oh God, oh, you, need to, you, need to, you need to accept that. If you don't accept that, the church will not be built. The body of Christ will not be built. God always needs human beings. He needs his people to be committed to what he's committed to in order for what he wants to be, to be done to be done. Without him, without you, he can't do much. If you read in John chapter 15, verse 5, look at John 15, 5. Jesus says something very powerful. John 15, 5. He says, I am the, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abided with me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Then he says, for without me, ye can do nothing. Have you seen it? Without me, you can what? Without me, you can do nothing. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. But guess what? Without the branches, the vine can also not bear fruit. So normally we know that we need Jesus, we need the Lord. But the Lord also needs us. Remember, he says that I'm the head and you are the body. No matter how powerful my head is, if I tell my hands, my legs to move to the back, if I want to move to the back and I tell my legs from my head to my legs that move to the back and my legs decide not to go to the back, what do you think will happen? There will not be any going to the back. Isn't it? So there has to be a, 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 an important coordination between the head and the body in order for what the head wants done to be done. Without that, nothing can be done. What do you think about what I'm saying? So as much as we need the head, the head also needs the body. As much as the vine needs the branches, the branches also need the vine. Are you saying it? Yes. So God needs his people to sponsor the gospel, to make things work. Yeah, that's the truth. And God is going to be calling, just like he called the children of Israel to come and give, he will be calling you every year, he'll be calling you. This is, today is not the only day. Next year, we'll be calling you. The following year, we'll be calling you. The next year, we'll be calling you. Ten years from now, we'll be calling you. We'll be making a lot of calls to you. Why? Because that is the, that is the divine administration that God has. In, in Exodus chapter 3, God appeared to Moses. Look at Exodus chapter 3. Let's read from verse 1. Are you in the church? Now Moses kept the flock of, the, of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Next verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Verse 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Next verse. And he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is, is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely now. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I have seen it. I have seen their problems. And have heard their cry by reason of their chast 
masters, for I know their sorrows. Wow, what a caring God. Since I know their problems, I know their sorrows, I know all the challenges they are going through. Just like the Lord, the Lord knows what you are going through. Wow. Can you imagine the Lord knows what you are going through? The Lord knows all the challenges you have, all the problems. He knows everything. Yes. He knows everything. Are you surprised? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Look at 1 Peter 5, 7. Let me show you that and I'll come to this one. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Let's read the Amplified of this. He's talking about you casting all. He says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, on God. Why? For he cares for you. God cares for you. How? Affectionately. And cares about you watchfully. Hey! I thought you would like this one. Tell me about God cares about you. Affectionately. And watchfully. God is not looking at you to look, find your problems. Though. He's looking at you to let you know how much he cares about you. Yes. God cares about you what? Affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. What, meaning that he's watching to make sure you don't get hurt. Wow. What a God. So God said he was seeing the problems, all the afflictions of the children of Israel. Go back to that place in, in uh, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. I want, to, I want to show you God's divine administration, how things work. Okay? Yes. So that you can, you can bring your mind to what God wants you to do. It's important. It's so important. God can do a lot without you. Yeah. That is why he encourages you to, to be empowered, to become strong. On every side, financially, health-wise, every, on every side. Because he needs you. One of the reasons why you, should, you have to take care of your body very well is because the, the, the better your body is, the more God can use you. If physically speaking you are not strong, you can't do a lot of things for the Lord. You can't do some kinds of follow-ups. You can't be in certain places. So you need to take care of yourself in order to be a vessel that God uses on a consistent basis. Yeah. You need to do some exercises. Hey! Those of you don't like doing exercise. You say that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is taking care of it. No, it, your body is temple. That is why you need to take care of it. Yes, because if you take care of your body well, he can use you for a long time. What will you do if you die at 45? These days, people don't cross 45. Yeah, it's very difficult for if you see someone who is 60. It's like it's a big deal. Yeah, because it's a big deal. A lot of people don't cross 60. Because of bad eating, Christians. Hey! 12 a.m., you are now eating Banco and Tilapia. 12 a.m. You are eating fufu with a banquet at 12.30 a.m. You are destroying the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not only fornication that destroys the temple of the Holy Ghost, though. Your bad eating habits also destroys your, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yes. You realize that small, after some few years, you have diabetes. So a few years. And it's like you have to employ faith to get cured and all of that. I mean, don't, 
Start out by doing the right thing now. Eat right. Tell me about eat right. Stop eating the junk food like the ah. What is that? And stop saying I'm young. You don't know. Haven't you seen young people who have diabetes before? Yeah, I know someone who has who had diabetes when she was eight years old. Yes, eight. Yes, it's amazing. So you need to take care of yourself. Tell everybody you need to take care of yourself. Why? Why do you need to take care of yourself? Because God needs your body. He needs your body. I mean, the way God is educating you in the, in the Word, educating you in the Spirit. Okay? He must have access to you after, for, for 50 more years or 60 more years. Yes. So that what He has taught you can be useful to the body of Christ in your age, in your time. Not that he educates you and then you get to 45 and then you die. He doesn't need you in heaven for what, what are you doing in heaven? After all you've learned here on earth, you have come to heaven free of charge like that. No, you should educate others with it. Hallelujah. Yeah. So God, God needs you. He needs your mind. He needs your body. He needs your business. He needs your family. If God can get your family, I tell you, he will do wonders. Yes, if he can get you and your husband and your five children or six children okay. hey, properly educated in the Lord, one will be taking the, the, the south side, the other will be taking the north side, the other will be taking the east side, the other will be taking the west side. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. So don't have plans to have few children, one, two. No, don't have plans for that. Have plans to have a lot of children. You should have plans to have a lot of children. No? Mommy, am I, am I lying? Yes, it's important. <laughs> you have to have a lot of... All this, all this. Let me have just one child so I can take care of... I can take care of... Do you know how you were taken care of? Do you know how you were taken care of? My friend, what are you talking about? You are God. Now you want to be able to take care of your children. Hey... Let us give better multiply. What do you think? <laughs> For full scripture, I tell you, the Muslims don't care about how their children are going to be raised. And at the end of the day, they are raised. Yes. I'm not saying you shouldn't care. Understand what I'm saying? Don't say me too. I'll give better. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? Allow the wisdom of God to teach you. Uh-huh. Yes. What I'm saying is that if you have many who are well-trained and well-thought, the Lord will have many to work with. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord is the one who takes care of people. No human being can take care of another person. Yes. Okay, now look at this. this. Go to verse 7 once again. Exodus 3 verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Next verse. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I am come down to deliver. Wow. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to that land unto a good and a large, a, a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Buzites. All the Zites. Next verse. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the, the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now therefore, 
I don't know if you are catching it. God says, I have seen. I have come to deliver. I have come down to deliver them, to change things, to take them out of Egypt, to take them into the land flowing with milk and honey. I have come. That is what he said. Then he gets to this point. He says, to Moses, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Ah! You just said you came down. You just said so many powerful things that you have come to come and do. How come you need me? How come you are sending me? No matter what God wants to do in the earth, he always needs a man. The oppression you are going through, you need a man sent from God to you. That's what you need. That is why when you don't listen to what we are saying to you through the word of God, you go for a very long time. Yeah, you want some super... You see, people are looking for... Uh, uh, what, how do you even say it? Spectacular things. You want a burning bush experience for God to speak. So no matter what... I mean, look at this. Is, it's God's divine administration. Whatever he wants to do, he gets a man to do it. He always gets a man to do it. He always gets a man. So you are very, very important in God's plan. Without you... He, that's what I want you to understand today. Without you, he can't do a lot of things. He needs you. He needs you. Say, God needs me. It's not pride. I just showed it to you in the scriptures. It's not pride. Hmm? You cannot believe in God's word without a man. It's not possible. You can't believe. It's not possible. Romans Romans chapter 10. Let's read from verse 13. So that you see. Romans chapter 10 from verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is it true? Okay, next verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they call on the one they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Are you seeing it? So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how does that happen? He says, a preacher, go to verse 15 now. He says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and break glad tidings of good things. So God sends a man to preach to you so that you can hear his word, so that you can believe, so that you can call upon the name of the Lord, so that you can have salvation. That is how the equation works. God sends a man who will preach to you so that you can hear, so that you can believe, and so that you can call and have your experience. Without a man, no experience. Wow. You want an experience with God? You need a man. Not any man. A man sent from God to you. It's called God's divine administration. You can't play with it. That is why if you joke with this man, you are joking with him. You understand? If you honor his men, his servants, you are honoring him. Yes. How can you honor God? God does not need your Bentley. He does not need your Cadillac. What's he going to do with it? How will God drive in the Cadillac? Even his little toenail will not enter the Cadillac. But if you want to give God a Cadillac, look for his servant sent to you and give him that Cadillac. You are giving it to God. You honor God by honoring his servant. 
You see, it's called God's divine administration. If you don't understand, you go around for, you go around in circles with so many theories. And now this, the men of God, they are doing this, and this is happening, and this is happening. And you talk, you say so many things. You don't, you don't have understanding. That is the reason why you're talking like that. If you honor his, his servants, you're honoring him. That's the truth. First Corinthians chapter five, chapter three, verse five. Look at First Corinthians three five. Do you like my message? So if we are going to do something, if God wants something to be done, who is it going to be done by? You. Not somebody else. You. He needs your mind. That is why you must make sure your mind is clear for him to use. He needs your strength. Yes. He needs your money. That is why we have brought our money. <laughs> because without our money, he will not be able to do what he wants done. Who then is Paul? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But what? Ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to everyone. So God gives you somebody by whom you believe. The Ethiopian Enoch was riding from Jerusalem to Ethiopia and was reading the book of Isaiah, Acts chapter 8, from verse 29. And as he was reading the book of Isaiah, he, he didn't understand what was being said. God sent Philip to go and attach himself to his chariot in order to explain what was being said, what was being what he was reading to him, for him to have understanding. Without Philip, that Ethiopian eunuch would have gone back to Ethiopia and not born again. Cornelius needed salvation. An angel appeared to him and said, send men to Joppa to one Simon the Tanner's house and call someone called Simon Peter. He shall tell you words by which you shall be saved. Without Simon Peter, Cornelius is going to hell. The angels could not tell him because the gospel I to preach is not for angels to preach. The gospel we have to preach, angels can't preach it. Only human beings can preach it. Wow. So God's divine administration is such that he can't do without man. Can you imagine? God is all-powerful. Is he all-powerful? Yeah. He is. He's all-powerful. But without you, that's, that's his wisdom. It's called the wisdom of God. That's how he has designed it. Without you, he can't do much. So when the poor saints in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, needed to be taken care of, God needed the other church, the, Corinth, the church of Corinth, to put something together in order to send to them. God did not rain manna down. He did not call money to come out of the ground. No. He allowed his own children to be a part of... Now, why does God do it like that? God does it like that because, you see, as much as he needs you, you also need him. So as you allow yourself to do what he wants to be done, you allow yourself to also for, him, for him to also do what he needs to be, do, to be done in your life. The branch being in the vine, okay, is to the benefit of the, of the vine and also to the benefit of the branch. A branch that is cut and put on the ground will wither and die. It will not bear fruit. So your fruitfulness is dependent on your dependency on God. And doing what God wants you to do. So why is God calling an offering from you? Why is God saying, give me a seed? Because of you. He wants to bless you. It's because of him and because of you. Have you had, ever heard of symbiosis? Hey. There are students are worried. Yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. You benefit, I benefit. But who benefits the most? You benefit the most. The vine, it's very difficult to cut the vine, but the branch can be chopped off at any time. Yes. 
So God calls for the offering because, because of the blessing he wants to bless you with. Because of how much he wants to increase you. Do you see? Please, do you understand? Yeah. yeah. Just imagine if um, your left leg was not functioning any longer. You want to use it, but you can't use it. Who will be chopped off? The left leg will be chopped off, isn't it? So that you can get another something, another aid, and do what you need to do. Is it true? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's, it's, it's important that you become functional in the body of Christ. You have to become functional so that the Lord can use you. You see, and your blessing is in your usage. Did you hear what I said? Your blessing is in your what? Usage. The more they use you, the more blessed you are. The more you are used, the more blessed you are. Hallelujah. So this morning, we have come to come and give our seed. Hallelujah. And it is time to be up to be blessed. Yes, it is time to be what? To be blessed. It is time to be blessed. It is time to be taken to a higher level for God to use you more than he's used you in times past. Yes. That is why you have to plan. You have to start planning for next year. You have to start planning. You see, the way to become um, influential in the things of God is by giving. Okay? That's the way. The way to prosper God's way is by giving. You can't, you can't do it any other way. You can't do it any other way. Your testimonies, are, is, is, your testimonies are, are bound together with your giving. It's the truth. It's the truth. We can't do anything about it. God respects your giving. He honors your giving. Yes. Let me show you one last scripture and then I'll close. Okay. This is a scripture about um, David. David and, and Obedidom. The last time I mentioned it to you, do you remember? Second Samuel chapter 6. Let's read from verse 6. Now, you, you, know the, you know the story. If you read from verse 1, you see how the Ark of Covenant was being transported to, by David to Jerusalem. Okay? Now, as they were going... David had not, read, he had not read the scriptures well. It's always important to read the Bible very well. He had not read well, so he missed out on something. He didn't know that the Ark of Covenant was supposed to be born. He had seen it being done, but he had not seen the scriptures concerning it. That's why it's important you know the scriptures for yourself. It's so important. You need to hear God for yourself. I don't know if it was you. I was sharing somewhere in one of our churches how that Abraham could have had his child earlier. Was it here? He could have had his child earlier. He could have. He was hearing God for himself, and he was renewed. That is why he could have Ishmael. But Sarah had not heard God for herself. Sarah was hearing Abraham. Where's from Abraham? What God told Abraham, Abraham would tell Sarah. So Sarah had not, he had, she had not really heard. But then in Genesis chapter 18, when the Lord came, to Abraham's house, the Bible says that Sarah also heard for herself. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that Sarah herself also received faith to be able to conceive. 
She also herself received. She also heard and received. Are you seeing it? So it's important you have your own faith. It's important you, you know the scriptures for yourself. Now, David didn't know, so he, he got the Ark of Covenant on a cart. Now, he had seen it being done by the Philistines. The Philistines did it. They put, when they, they stole the Ark of Covenant, and were, the Ark of Covenant was giving them problems. They had boils, some of them were dying, all of those things. They put it in front of their God, Dagon, and Dagon fell down. They, they came to prop him up the day after. After, after that, they, when they came back, the, Dagon was crushed completely. So when they were returning the Ark of Covenant back to Israel, they put it on a cart for it to be drawn by a horse so that they can get to Israel. Nobody was following it, and the horse itself took it to Israel. I seeing it. So he had seen that, or he had heard that, so he thought that was how it was supposed to be done. So he also put the Ark of Covenant on the cart. And as they were going, the Bible says that they got to this place. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the Ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. So the oxen was shaking the Ark of Covenant, and he touched it in order to put it in its right place. And the Bible says that, look at the next verse, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. Nobody's supposed to touch the ark of God apart from the priests. Now, the ark of covenant is the presence of God. Always remember that. That's the presence of God, okay? So God was not happy with them. He was angry all that while. But the Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled. It was more fire was put in. More fuel was put in because of what he did. He was already angry. <laughs> because they had done the wrong thing. When Uzzah touched it, he put more petrol inside and God smote him and he died. Next verse. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of that place, the place Perez Uzzah, to this day. Next verse. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. He was shocked and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? How shall it come to me? Now, why is he, why, why does David need the ark of God to come to him? Why? You see, remember, the ark of God is what? Is the presence of God. Without the presence of God, a lot of things cannot happen for you. Now, we all have, we all have the presence of God in us. Remember, you are born again. You are a child of God. Christ is in you, isn't it? And you are in Christ, isn't it? So, you have the presence of God inside you. That's the truth. However, there's a manifest presence of God. There's a presence of God working around you. And doing things around you. If you read in uh, John chapter 14, verse 21. Look at John 14, 21. I want to explain this to you, okay? Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Are you saying it? Hello? He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Ah. I thought the Lord loves us. Greater love has no man than this, than that a man should lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world, that is why he gave his only begotten son. So the Lord loves you, isn't it? So how come he's saying that if you love me, I will love you? Then he says, and I will end. I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. 
Go to verse 23. Same book, same chapter, verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him. I thought the father loves us. First John chapter 3, verse 1. What does 1 John 3, 1 say? Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called what? the sons of God. Therefore the one who had asked not, because he knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and does not yet appear what we shall be, blah, blah. So we, he loves us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. This is the truth. But then there are levels of God's love. When you start returning his love for him, he loves you in a different way. It's like having four children, and one of them is interested in what you are interested in. Automatically, you get drawn to that particular child. That's the truth. It's not that you hate the others. You love all of them equal. But then, this one is interested in what you are interested in. This one likes what you like. And is interested in doing what you are doing. He's interested in assisting you, helping you do what he wants done. So his love for you becomes different. Is it true? So Jesus said that the one who loves me will keep my commandments. And I will love him. My father will love him. And we will manifest we will show ourselves to him. Go back to that place. John chapter, chapter 14, 23. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode. We will come unto him and make our home with him. Ah. But he already has his home with us. He already has his home in us. Christ in you. Is Christ in you? Yeah, so Christ is in us. However, when you start returning his love by keeping his word and doing what he wants you to do, his manifest presence starts coming into your life. Or rather, he starts showing forth around you in a, in, in a very nice way. Please, you understand? Hmm. He starts defending you differently. Your life starts changing. You see, we are all Christians, but there are Christians, there are some Christians whose lives does not, it doesn't hold any testimony. Is it true? Yes. Yeah. You, I mean, you can't, you can't say much about them. They don't know God much. They don't love him much. So the hand of the Lord is not really in their lives much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So David needed the Ark of, Co Ark, the Ark of Covenant with him for the purpose of his prosperity. Okay. For the purpose, you see, when, whenever the Ark of Covenant came into the camp of Israel, when they were fighting a war, everybody shouted. The morale that they brought alone was so much. Even if they were going to be defeated, everything would turn. The Lord defended them on several occasions because of the Ark of Covenant's presence in there. Hallelujah. So, back to that place. So, he was bringing it to Israel for the Ark of Covenant to be with him. So that he can prosper and get to another level altogether. So he knew that the presence of God is what brings him prosperity. He knew. Hallelujah. So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obedidom, the Gittite. So there was a house close to the place where Uzzah died. And they kept the ark in that house. Next verse. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Bedinom, the Gittites, three months. Three months. Read the rest to me. One to go. No, only three people are in the church. Read the rest to me. One, two, go. The Lord blessed Obedidom 
and all his household. Everything about the guy started working. His, his disjointed family became fine. His business started working. He started, he painted his house differently. He bought a new car. Hey! Things started working in his house. And David realized that, ah, there's nothing wrong. And after the Lord was, next verse, verse, verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Bedidom, and all that pertained unto him, because of the ark of God. They knew that was because of the ark of God. So David, David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Bedidom into the city of David with gladness. Why? Because now he knew what to do. He had read and gotten to know that it's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the priests. If you read in First Chronicles, you see that that's tied. Okay? Next verse. But I want to show you this. Look at this. Now, when he got it the second time, look at what he did. And it was so that when they, they that bear the ark of the Lord, so you see that it was human beings that was bearing it now. They that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces. He sacrificed, sacrificed oxen and fatlings. When the priest walks, one, two, three, four, five, six, he, he will do a sacrifice. When they walk again, one, two, three, four, five, six, he will do another sacrifice. One, two, three, four, five, six. Another sacrifice. All the way to go to the city of David. And as he was doing it, he was jumping and dancing with gladness. David was giving like he was mad. Why? Because he knew what was coming to his house. Did you hear what I said? He knew what was coming to his house. The presence of God was coming to his house in a special way. Now, this is what I want to tell you. You're giving, okay? Let God know how much you love, how much you love him. Hey. Yeah, you're giving. As you have come to give, as you have come to bring a sacrifice, what you are saying is that, Lord, I love you very much. And he says, if you love me, what will happen? I will manifest myself to you. So the blessing the Lord is telling me to tell you this morning is that as you are getting out of this place, his manifest presence is coming into your life in another dimension altogether. That's what the Lord is telling me to tell you. Yeah. God told me this. Listen, let me tell you something. Sometimes you get to know the intensity of the matter when you are told the way it came. God mentioned this to me about two weeks ago. Okay? Two weeks ago. And he gave me only the scripture that this is what I'm going to do for my children. Because their giving is well pleasing to me. The Lord asked you for an offering and you have come to give your offering. As you have come to give your offering, he says I should tell you that you are going, to, you are going back with this manifest presence in another dimension altogether. And that presence is going to speak for you on every sphere of your life. Wherever you have failed in times past, you will begin to succeed in that place. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Your household is going to be blessed in a very special way. Every single thing you touch is going to be blessed. Every single thing you do is going to be blessed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. These hands of yours are blessed. Everything about you is blessed. The presence of God is leading you to various places in your life. Touching various aspects of your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Just like the house of Abedidon was blessed. Your house is also going to be blessed. In a very special way. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. This marks the beginning of a new phase of joy for you, a new phase of peace for you, a new phase of prosperity for you. If a man love me, I will love him. I will love him. And I will manifest myself. From henceforth, I see the manifestations of the Spirit in your life in another dimension altogether. Go forth and prosper because you have loved the Lord and seen his need and have fulfilled his need. He has also seen your need and he will fulfill your need. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everything about you is blessed. 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 In the name of the Lord Jesus. David will sac- he sacrifice every six, six, six steps sacrifice. Six steps sacrifice. Six steps sacrifice. He was sacrificing, given to the Lord. Given to the Lord. Why? Because the prayers of the Lord was coming to his life in a special way. Guess what? The Bible says he was dancing. He was dancing. As he was giving, he was dancing. Why? Why was he rejoicing? He knew what was coming. He knew what was If you know what is coming, you rejoice. I tell you. You rejoice. You rejoice. He was rejoicing with, with great joy. And guess what? The prayer started working for him. It started working for him. Listen, we have, we have the Holy Ghost. He's in us. Is that true? But if you've noticed, if you've noticed, some people have you more than some people do. Have you noticed? It's like there's a difference. Yeah. When Bishop Oedipo, you see, Bishop Oedipo's chair. This morning when I was coming, I saw Bishop Oedipo's chair. His white chair. He and his wife. And God told me, do you remember his chair? I said, yes, I remember his chair. When he called me and told me about this chair, that came to my mind. Do you know that when he finishes preaching, they have to carry their chairs away? As soon as he finishes preaching, when he stands up, they take the chair away. Do you know why? Because in times past, people have struggled to just have a touch, a contact with the chair. Most of the chairs he has had has been broken into pieces. Some people chopped some and took it away to go and put in their food for healing. Something. Daddy, am I lying? It's the truth. Daddy, am I from Uden's Chapel? Yeah, seniors, I tell you. It's like he has the prayers of God in another way. Completely. We are all preachers, but there are levels. There are those who say and it happens. And there are those who say and it takes 70 years before it happens. Why? Some people have the presence more. There's a manifest presence. Manifest presence. And that is what God is blessing you with. In this seed sowing conference. God is blessing. This is what God told me to tell you. This is what God told me to tell you. Yes. If he had said something else, I'd have told you. He says, I'm blessing you with my presence. As you go away, you are going away with another form, another, a higher level. A higher level. More results, more fruits. Yeah, more fruits. David was dancing with gladness, with joy, jumping in front of the ark. Jumping, jumping. The Bible says he jumped, he danced, and he became naked. He didn't care what was happening around. He, he, he was so excited because he knew what was coming to him. His wife, who didn't understand what was happening, Mikal, Saul's daughter, did not understand what was going on. And she spoke against him. And said, hey, today the king danced though. He danced and made himself vile before the servants of the girls of Israel. He made himself naked before the girls of Israel. 
And David said, it was before my Lord who made me king in the stead of your father that I was dancing before. Hey! She despised David in her heart. Now, the presence was working without David even knowing. Yeah, it was working. Can you imagine that when Michal spoke like that, the Bible says that the Lord, the Lord went into action without David making a request. David didn't make a request. Why would you request for your own wife to, have, to, to be barren? He didn't make a request. But the presence was working. The Lord closed Michal's womb from that day onwards. She didn't have a child. Yeah, ever. Why? Because she was speaking against the presence of God. Yes. Which David had procured. <laughs> yeah. Listen, so the, it will work when you don't even know it is it. You don't even know what is going on. Yeah. You'll be sleeping in one place and things will be happening for you. In various places. Yeah. Discussions will be he, will be held about you. They'll they will mention your name in certain places and bring you to higher places. That is what is going to happen for you. Where are some believers in the church? So a new level. A new level of the... You see, the anointing is in levels. The expression of the glory of God is in levels. Ezekiel chapter 47. Let's you know. He says that there was a river, there was a water that gushed out of the temple of God. It was to the ankle earlier on. Then he says he rose up to the knee. Then he rose up to the loin. Then it became a river that nobody could pass on. You have to swim in it. That's what the Lord is telling me to tell you. That there's a rise in the manifestation of his presence around you. From henceforth, if you're on knee level, it has moved to loin level. If you're on loin level, it has moved to swimming level. You are going to have more effect, more effect, more effect. The anointing is going to be working for you more than you have ever thought in the name of the Lord Jesus. What you have not even thought about, the Lord has thought about it for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it now. Receive it now. Give the Lord a shout. A new level, a new level, a new level, a new level, a new level. Yeah, a new level. Next year, you are going to give bigger than what you are giving this year. Higher than what you are giving this year. Yeah. That is what will happen in your life practically. Are you ready to sacrifice your, 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 your fatlings and your oxygens for the Lord? Are you ready? Are you ready? God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.